0: nothing
1: to do got the whole month off right man right uh and on top of that man we have a very very special guest everybody feast your ears (laughs) i guess we'll go that route uh mr donovan DiJack, how you doing tonight i am doing excellent how about yourself great man i'm great uh first and first and foremost i want to thank you for uh you know giving us some time to uh to shoot the shit and and you know you got a lot going on busy schedule uh so you know you you putting this time out for us, it's uh, it's greatly appreciated, man.
2: Yeah, yeah, no problem.
1: Cool, man. Hey, uh, let's start. You know, I mean, for uh, I'm sure all our listeners are very familiar with you. Uh, but kind of we could do a quick, uh, a quick, um, I guess cliff notes version, if you want, of uh, how you got started in the business. Um, basically, you know, just doing research and things of that sort. I mean, from what I hear, you three. Uh, were you a three-sport athlete in high school? And then that went yeah. to a uh, two-sport athlete in, uh, in college. Is
2: that correct? Correct. So I so in high school, I was a, uh, uh, I played football and basketball, and I threw shot, put, and discus and track. And then uh, in college, originally for one year, I was on a football scholarship to the University of Massachusetts. Right. And then I transferred so uh, to a smaller school so I could play two sports. Uh, I, I transferred to bridgewater state uh, so I could play football and basketball for four years
1: right from from uh what I've been hearing what I've been reading you were uh you enjoyed basketball more than you did
2: football but you excelled more in football is that correct that is correct yes i, I basketball is definitely my my first love uh i was I was a pretty good basketball <laughs> player in high school and a pretty good b- basketball player in college but not not good enough to play at the Division One level, but but football I was I was much better. I I was a Division One prospect. I I was scouted by uh, Syracuse, Boston College. Ultimately, I I decided to go to the the University of Massachusetts because they were one of the, the schools that offered me a scholarship. Um, but as it it turned out, I I missed basketball too much, um, so. I decided to transfer so I could play both at a smaller school.
1: Right on, man. Uh, I heard you describe football practice more as, uh, turning into work rather than, uh, than fun. What was, yeah. uh, what was up with that, man? Is it, was it just like, I mean, the grind turned it like, did you just lose passion for, for football in general?
2: The, honestly, the passion for football always sort of stems from, from the games. Right. Uh the, the games themselves are are obviously incredibly painful and and uh you know there's a high degree of difficulty um but at least uh like on the defensive end when you're playing defense it's it's fun and there's a payoff uh for the most part you know when you're winning right uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know when I was at UMass they they had me on the offensive line and I I found offensive line to be pretty tedious uh there wasn't much of a payoff you never got to make a tackle you never really got to make a play like the biggest play that an offensive lineman makes is like a big block and even that's kind of boring and painful and you don't really get the credit for it so right it wasn't it wasn't like um yeah so so football practice itself was was pretty tedious as opposed to basketball practice which i which i really enjoyed uh you know you get to you get to do something you like you get to hit shots and now now even with pro wrestling like i enjoy pro wrestling training just as much as as pro wrestling in the ring you know on shows so so that that's definitely the difference between uh you know football and and basketball but but now now of course i I kind of have the best of both worlds because um you know whereas i was much better at football than i was at basketball but i enjoyed basketball more than i was more than I did uh, football now with pro wrestling. It's both something that I love and I'm, you know, I seem to be pretty good at it too. So,
1: right, right, right. That's, uh, that's, that's, that's definitely an an understatement saying you're pretty good at that, man. Um, Not to be jumping all over the place. And I guess I kind of am, but just kind of stemming off the, uh, uh, the, your answer on uh, speaking about training still with uh, in pro wrestling. Uh, I've also read that like, in addition to, um, to, you know, you are constantly working. Uh, staying busy all the time. You also go back. Is it uh, approximately every week? To uh, is it chaotic that you go back and you help train there?
2: Yeah, the uh, the school is called the New England Pro Wrestling Academy. It uh, it used to be the Chaotic Training Center, and before that, it was Killer Kowalski's. Right. So uh, okay. So it's a pretty good um, uh, lineage and 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 pedigree. No pun intended. Of uh, <laughs> of, of schools and uh, trainers. Um, I, I go nowadays, uh, maybe, maybe once a week to, to, you know, either get in the ring and and roll around or or do some, you know, exercise drills or maybe a couple of drills during class and, you know, also give feedback to, to some of the younger kids and, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, just to watch, you know, maybe, maybe hang out with friends, uh, try some new moves, some new sequences, maybe call a match, something like that. So, so it's, it's, it's always nice to go back, um. I was I was gonna go tonight, but I got bogged down with a bunch of stuff. I'll, I'll probably be back there on Thursday. I usually, when I first started training, I was going three days a week. Um, now, nowadays, it's usually only once, maybe twice a week. But uh, but I still love love going. I just wish I could go more with my <laughs> busy schedule. You know,
1: right, right, and that's so cool that you say that, man. Because as as um, long as you've been in the business, which is is relatively young, I mean, uh, relatively, uh, new, I guess that you could say, um, to const, to constantly continue to train. I mean, that's, I've always heard that, you know, the, pref- the professional wrestling business, you're never done learning. You're, you're always learning something. You're constantly, you know, constantly have to stay ahead of the game. That's very impressive. Very cool for you to say that because, you know, you hear about people that, oh yeah, I took, you know, this seminar, I'm ready to go do this and, you know, full fledged, so on and so forth. Um, You've been in the business what uh, since two thousand and thirteen? Is that correct? When you started training,
2: I started training in uh, late two thousand twelve. My late first shows, okay. My first shows uh, were two thousand thirteen. Um, but yeah, I, I I always tried to approach professional wrestling with the same mentality that that most people approach any sport with. Um, I, I I always found it strange that that some guys stopped training after a while um, because to me. Professional wrestling was was just like basketball or football. You know that you, you 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 never hear of uh, Even the best basketball players in the world, you know They still go to practice and they still take shots before the game and right and, uh, Work on their free throws and everything like that, you know, so so to me to, to stop training for professional wrestling always seemed Kind of silly and that's that's not to say that you need to be in there, you know, you know bumping, you know and, and uh, killing yourself you know, five days a week, uh, because obviously professional wrestling takes more of a physical toll on your body over the course of time than, than maybe a, a football or a basketball. Um, football, I've found, is is more impactful, of course, uh, with any one sort of game. You know, a- after a game, you feel like pretty devastated. Right. Um, I've I've found that in my because I played football for nine years at a, a pretty decently competitive level um whereas i've only been professional wrestling for about 4 years uh 5 i guess including training but uh if uh to to me the 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 toll on my body over the course of time supersedes that of football over the course of time sure because sure. football you know in practice it's pretty much non-contact for the most part uh and then games is only you know somewhere in the teens maybe 12 to 15 games uh, depending on the level and schedule that you're at, so that's 12, 12 days a year where you're really in a high impact type sort of situation, as opposed to professional wrestling, where if you're wrestling, you know, let's say three times, three times a, a week for 52 weeks, you're you're at about a 156 uh, times in the ring in a in a you know a relatively compromised physical situation. So right taking taken a quicker toll on 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 my body physically anyway than than uh, football ever did but uh but yeah for the for the most part that's i I'd, I'd say that's how they uh they measure up comparatively speaking
1: all right man that's a good analysis man um brian fury he's uh is he still the head trainer over at uh sorry, is it new
2: england it's pro wrestling academy yes right. he he's the, he has been since about two thousand ten when uh, he changed, when he bought the school himself and changed the name to the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, uh, there's there's always other people helping out. Um, a lot of local veterans are always uh, poking in and 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 uh, making their presence felt. Um, you know, I've I've had the pleasure of training with guys like Warbeard Hansen, Tommaso Champa, um, Eddie Edwards. You know, there's there's so many reputable people. Um, but the, the school itself has, has a great lineage of, uh, of, uh, you know, wrestlers that they've turned out, um, between the, the chaotic training center, which, which is responsible for the likes of, uh, you know, Kofi Kingston and, uh, Biff Busick to the New England Pro Wrestling Academy itself, which turned out, uh, has only been in existence for about four years now. And so it turned out, uh, sasha banks and uh myself as well so so the school's going very well for for brian fury and uh and obviously i consider him one of the best trainers in the world and certainly the most underrated trainer in the world
1: sure man his uh yeah his you know lineage of uh of students and and that speaks for itself so absolutely dude absolutely um getting back more into you know your history before yeah i guess kind of before the wrestling business um you uh you actually have a master's degree in criminal
2: justice, right? That's correct. Yeah, a master's degree, uh undergraduate and masters in criminal justice from Bridgewater State. That's so impressive, dude. So I mean, that's it's really
1: cool that um you know, not only were you playing basketball, you were playing football in college, but you have a master's degree, you know, always something to fall back on. Uh doing professional wrestling so it's you know constantly constantly you know having something to fall back on between uh what was it 2000 late 2012 when you first started uh, training um from 2011 when you graduated to 2012 what were you doing in between that time um did you were, were you working in uh in criminal justice anyway
2: yeah i was uh so in I want to say late 2011 is when I got my first full time job, um, which was working as an investigator for the, uh, the Committee for Public Counsel Services, which is basically the Public Defender's Office in Massachusetts. Uh, so I worked full time there for about two years. So about half of my time there was, was, was balancing uh, that work with the, 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 the world of breaking into professional wrestling. Right, right, right. That's,
1: uh, so from there, I guess, starting in, uh, what was it, 2014, you started at, uh, it was Ring of Honor, I believe, correct? Uh,
2: 2014 is when I started with Ring of Honor, yeah. Uh, at the beginning of 2014 is when I did my first appearance, which was, uh, Future of Honor 2. I believe that was in April or May of, uh, 2014. That's where I wrestled, uh, Moose for the first time.
1: Um, then I see it, 2015, this is what had, you know, really, I guess, uh, put your name on the map in, um, I would say, the eyes of many. You could say uh, 2015 Top Prospect Tournament, um, defeating Will Ferreira in, in the finals there. Uh you have any memories of that match?
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, it obviously wasn't that long ago. I mean, right, yeah.
1: right, right, right. <laughs>
2: Had the, the great fortune of being able to wrestle Will a bunch of times since then. I mean, he's always a class act and a, and a wonderful opponent of mine. Um, you know, that tournament was was obviously a, a, a very big deal for me. It was the first time I got any sort of uh, national attention. Uh, the the matches you know air on television, obviously, which is huge for me. Um, and my opponents between uh, Jake Dirt, Ashley Six, and then Will Ferrara in the in the finals. You know, I I was very fortunate. Uh, they were all, you know, really great to work with, um, and ultimately, at, at, at the end of it, I was, I was very fortunate to, to earn a contract with Ring of Honor after after the matches. But the, the finals specifically was was definitely the, the the match that that sealed the deal for me and and you know made me a a, a real player in the in the world of professional wrestling.
1: Yeah, right on, man. Um, during this time at Ring of Honor. You also worked uh, *Death Before Dishonor* eight, uh, Watanabe, who is now evil uh, in New
2: Japan. Um, what are some of your thoughts on working with him? It was it was awesome. I mean that was my that was my first uh, experience working with uh, with anybody whose primary language wasn't English. Right. Uh, so that, that's a that's an interesting and unique experience, but but something that's very helpful because especially as you. Continue to progress and move up in the in the business you 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 find that you're working with with more and more guys who, who don't speak English So you you have to learn the language of professional wrestling, which is which is uh, You know, it's we, we all use it, but it's uh, it's it's an interesting dynamic to have to tread but um but Yeah, the match was was great. It's one of my most viewed matches on uh, on YouTube uh, it's, I think it's the first one maybe that pops up when you type in Donman Dijak on YouTube. So So even though it's, uh, it's a little bit, uh, I guess out of date by now, I I think I've made a lot of strides and progress, uh, since, since that match, but, uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a great match. He's obviously a great wrestler. He's made, you know, unbelievable strides since that match. Uh, I think we both have to be honest. So it's, it's, it's certainly neither of our best work, but, uh, but it's definitely a, a, a great match. We both had a great time and, uh. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's worth watching and checking out on YouTube for free anyway.
1: Right on. Yeah. I'll be sure to, uh, to, uh, post that match on our, uh, Facebook and, and Twitter site, copy you in yep. and all that. Um, but yeah, I've seen it. It is, it is, in my opinion, I thought it was a, it was a really good match and you're right to see it now and to see how both of you guys have progressed so far in such a short amount of time. It just, uh, speaks, speaks wonders of, uh, of, of, both you guys as, as, athletes. Um. Yeah. Also, uh, let's see. Kind of like I said, kind of jumping around, man. Just, just kind of based off of uh, some of these things I have listed out here. A long time ago, man, I heard uh, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin say that like you can see in a man's eyes when they cut a promo, uh, when they either, when they feel it or when they're just full of shit, you know, basically, and just, just cutting a promo just to cut a promo. You cut a promo prior to your final match at Ring of Honor, and uh, it was a TV title match for Smarty Screech. And your promo was very, like, heartfelt. And it it was one of those that, you know, really blurred the lines of reality and work, given that, you know, what's your final match under contract? Tell us about that, because that was was definitely one of those promos where it's you look in your eyes, you could tell that it wasn't just, you know, cutting a promo. So, or you just sold it fucking great, man. (laughs) So
2: tell us about that promo. I try to do everything in professional wrestling, um based in reality, you know, it's it, professional wrestling in its own right is its own separate sort of reality. But um, I find that the most genuine things in in uh, in in professional wrestling tend to derive uh, from things based in your, your real life. So I do my best whenever I'm cutting a promo, whenever I'm wrestling a match, whenever I'm doing pretty much anything in pro wrestling to make it as close to being... Uh, genuine as possible. Um, I, I don't remember exactly what was was said in that promo, but I know it was based off of a lot of the the feelings that I had, a lot of the sentiment that I had at the time. Um, so you 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 do your best to to blur the to blur the lines and make what you're saying, you know, your own personal reality, even if it's not hundred percent true. you 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 do your best to to convince yourself of of it being true. So, to me, that that always comes across and reflects, and I try my best to, to make it come across and reflect in my promos. Um, w- one of my least favorite things is when guys are cutting promos and they do what I call promo voice, which is just kind of this like uh, over-the-top sort of... Uh, it, 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 it's it's a di- it, 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 it it's obvious that they're using a different voice than what they would normally speak to someone in <laughs> right uh, right I think we all know what you're talking about <laughs> right we've uh, all the, heard that to me there's there's a a, a a distinct difference between that and and speaking with actual passion because you can tell in someone's voice even if they're raising their voice or screaming or being funny or, or whatever it happens to be you can tell when when someone's uh, acting and when they're uh you know basically reacting to to you know what they're feeling so so to me i always try to make that translate into my promos and and i hope that it it, it comes across in a lot of them but not just my promos but in my my wrestling as well
1: right right well i think it does i definitely think it does um one uh one series one set of series of if that even made sense series of matches that uh you have had that stands out to me personally is uh, some of your matches with uh, Keith Lee, um, you know, 15 years ago? If you would have said two guys that are you know six five, six six, you being 6'7", 270 pounds, uh, you're gonna think they're just gonna go in and just gonna be a slugfest. But then you guys have matches where you guys are flying around like fucking cruiserweights, man, and it's so impressive. Um, I don't know, just drop a little, uh, tell us. Tell us uh, some stories about working with uh with, with Keith Lee.
2: So the first time uh Keith and I met, uh well not met, we we'd met a few times at, at ROH, but the first time we were working singles together was at Beyond, Beyond Wrestling, uh, which is a, a local company here, but very popular. Yeah. Um so I was informed that it would be uh I was actually in, in Europe somewhere when, when Drew Cordero, the promoter of Beyond, told me that it'd be me and Keith Lee. Um and originally I started to to kind of uh I wasn't super familiar with Keith. I, I had only uh I'd only known of him and the, the 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 tag team at ROH and they were mostly getting like ROH darks and multi-mans and stuff like that so i wasn't super familiar with with his work um so i, I remember uh big demo was on that card as well I, I think the show was called gigantic and he was trying to feature as many big guys as possible right um yeah. so originally when drew messaged me I, I started to lobby for me and and demo but then the more i thought about it the more i wanted because i had already wrestled demo in in uh in england and it was a great match and he's he's a a good friend of mine and obviously he's having a great deal of success in NXT, but, uh, but Keith um, seemed like a new opportunity and I, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what he could do, but I I thought I, you know, I welcomed the challenge of, of, uh, of trying something new with him. So when we got to the venue, we started to, uh, you know, call the match. And once he started telling me some of the things that, he was capable of doing I was just kind of taken aback you know <laughs> in the middle of calling the match because I couldn't believe some of the stuff he was saying and then obviously we went out there and it it delivered you know more than I think either of us expected and then ever since then that was our first matchup and we've had uh eight matchups now and it, it seems like every time we wrestle it gets better and better uh my my personal favorite match uh between he and I uh, was just released on on a uh, uh, video on demand service uh, the aaw match uh, i think you can catch it on there on demand service as well as the high spots network um and i just watched it for the first time last night and and i was you know it, it blew me away uh the same way that it did that night in the ring you know it's 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 de- it's definitely in my personal opinion the, our our best match of of the series um was it, that it,
1: at uh, evolve 81
2: no, no, that was at AAW. In, oh, there in, uh, you A- Okay, Illinois. Oh, okay. So, uh, so yeah, Evolve eighty one is is definitely the our most watched match because okay. uh, so many people were watching Flow Slam that weekend, the WrestleMania weekend. It got so much praise for being the the you know one of the best matches of WrestleMania weekend. But in my opinion, uh, the the aaw match was we, we really pulled out all the stops and if anyone has the, the opportunity to watch that match i i highly suggest doing so
1: right on yeah actually that uh the one you were just mentioning about the uh, the one from flow slam did get uh voted the uh best uh singles match i believe uh, for the uh i think they did a hashtag more than mania and uh you and keith lee yep. won that one it's overwhelming so uh dude all right quick question what sucks more uh a, a keith lee moonsault or a powerbomb on the apron on the outside? Because those outside, like, apron spots, those always, they make me cringe, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, the the powerbomb by a lot, actually. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the powerbomb on the apron or on the chairs or wherever he's powerbombed me onto a million times. Uh, <laughs> when it happens, it's not, like, the most painful thing in the world but you definitely feel it like the next day and for the coming days, you know, you, you get sore, your back gets sore and sore as the days progress. The the moonsault actually is is because um, I think the first time we did that was uh, our, our second matchup at Northeast Wrestling in Connecticut um, because he misses the moonsault so, so often that I, I thought to myself, you know, it would be, it'd be great if he hit it for once. Uh, so he, he did and it ended up being... You know, pretty pretty light, all things considered. Right. I, <laughs> nice. well, I thought that was a great spot. You know, it got it gets a huge reaction when he hits it because so many people expect him to miss it. So so we've bu- we've done that in a bunch of matches since, and it always gets a pretty good reaction. Um, and it it's never hurt me or anything. So so we we uh, continue to use that.
1: That's cool, man. Um, speaking of big moves, um, you have one of the most innovative finishers. Um, I've never seen anyone else do it basically i for those who who haven't seen it basically it's a um like a backbreaker torture rack into kind of a go to sleep type deal call it feast your eyes where'd you come up with this move
2: yeah i created the move uh in late 2014 um it started off in class uh just kind of like after class once uh i was i was staying after and uh another guy in the new england scene his name is christian casanova was there with me he's a he's a lighter guy so he's easy to kind of pick up and manipulate so uh i was just kind of picking him up in different situations i i tried picking him up in kind of a reverse body slam if that makes sense so he was facing up on my shoulder yeah and then i kind of rotated him forward off the shoulder into the knee strike um so that and obviously the move is influenced by the, the GTS, which is a great move. Uh, but a lot of my moves are just kind of great moves that are just kind of mushed together with another great move. Um, like I, I do Nick Gage's slam Backbreaker, uh, which Ricky Shane Page does as well. Um, I do uh, a Discus Big Boot, which is similar to kind of the, the, the Cyclone Kill that Chris Hero does. Right, um, right. But, but, yeah, a lot of my moves are just, you know, a bunch of moves swished together. So, so this one's no different. Uh, so, yeah, you can see that version of it that I just described on uh, CCW's Night of Infamy where I wrestled Alexander James. my um, one and only CCW appearance in kind of a quick match. Um, but uh, I, I quickly adjusted it thereafter. I think I used it in that version one more time in a Beyond Wrestling studio taping against Mikey Webb. Uh, and then after that, I changed it to the, uh, the torture rack sort of position. The first time I used that was in the first round of the top prospect tournament. And then maybe a month or two later is when I, I shifted it from the, using the, the left knee for the knee strike into the right knee, because I felt like it was a better visual, uh, with my legs coming all the way across my body. Uh, and that's, that's the version I've been using ever since.
1: Nice, man. It gets people talking. It's one of those moves that, like, you know, you're really the only person that's that you made it up. So it's, you know, anytime you see it's so hard, man, to, to I, I would guess, just as a fan, you know, watching, um, to try to do something innovative nowadays when it seems like everyone has seen everything. So what you said, like, mushing moves together, I guess that brings out, you know, the originality in, in a move like the Feast Your Eyes. Um, going back real quick to uh, your one and only appearance in CZW, was that uh, always scheduled to be just a one-shot, or were you? Um, was it just kind of a one-and-done deal? You were going to test the waters, or what was up with that?
2: Well, it started off um, as just kind of a one-and-done. I, I had wrestled uh, uh, DJ Hyde, the owner of CZW. I had wrestled him at um, XWA maybe two or three months before that. So I, I, I hit him up. I you know, I offered to to drive down and, and help out with ring crew and things like that. And he said that he might have a spot available for me. And it, it turns out that he did. So so I had the opportunity. It was on iPay per view, so it was good exposure for me. Um, but that was in like November of twenty fourteen and I was notified about the the top prospect tournament of Ring of Honor in December, and it took place in January. So there wasn't much time. CCW only runs once a month, so I probably couldn't match dates in, in December. And then, and then by the time January rolled around, I was in the top prospect tournament. And then once the top prospect tournament was done, I was offered a, a Ring of Honor deal. So, uh, so the Ring of Honor deals don't allow you to do eye pay per views So unfortunately, CCW wasn't really an option, even though you know it, it, it sort of was. I just I never really asked <laughs> because I didn't want to like. Cause any controversy or anything like that, so I never asked. But it, it, it turns out that they were kind of okay with guys doing CZW, even though the contract sort of said that you couldn't. Okay. Uh, but, but, but either way, it, w- it was always difficult to match dates with CZW. They were on Saturdays, and my a lot of my Saturdays were always taken up between uh Northeast Wrestling and Ring of Honor, so uh, <clears throat> so we, we were never able to match dates. Um, recently, you know, I was contacted by CZW to see if I wanted to. To do any more with them, but but again, it's it's just so tough to match dates that we never really were able to to make it work until uh, you know time kind of ran out on us, unfortunately.
1: Right on, man, Josh. Um, I, I think you had a couple things lined up, buddy.
0: Yeah, um, you've been a part of some really cool tournaments these past couple of years. Uh, Sixteen Carat in uh, Germany, uh, top prospect, and now you're gonna be in probably. What is known as the biggest one on the indie scene, the uh, Battle of Los Angeles. Like, how? Like, are you excited for that? Like, this is a pretty big thing. Like, uh, what are you? What are your thoughts going into this?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm obviously really excited for to be uh, in the Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, you know, debuting for PWG is has been a, a big goal of mine. I, you know, I for a while there, I didn't think it was uh, a, a realistic possibility. Uh, with the the timing and everything but you know fortunately it's 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 worked out for me i'm I'm gonna be making my debut in that tournament so obviously really exciting you know i i get a uh, my first match for pwg is gonna be a tag match myself and and keith lee versus the the chosen bros matt riddle and and uh keith uh excuse me jeff cobb so holy shit (laughs) oh
1: man that's gonna be
2: fucking outstanding yeah with with some of my my uh some of my favorite guys in in all of professional wrestling so so we're obviously all really excited about that and and uh you know it's it's a it's a wonderful way to debut and then i have the the tournament starting the next day uh with trevor lee in the first round who's a guy i've wanted to wrestle for a very long time so so the, the 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 debut is going to be awesome the the tournament's going to be awesome and i'm very much looking forward to meeting a lot of the fans who've who've been uh, trying to get me on the PWG shows for a very long time.
0: Yeah, I know. I was uh, there uh, recently, and they talked about, hopefully, you being on the um, the tournament. Uh, it's a great experience. I'm looking forward to seeing your match uh, when it comes out on Blu-ray like three years from now. Um, also, <laughs> you, uh, you, uh, you, you're you 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 going to be, uh, for another promotion you wrestled, Progress, you had a good match with their, uh, I shouldn't say good match, you had a really stiff, hard-hitting match with Pete Dunne, and it sure. was great. And um, you're going to be coming back for them uh, in August. That's the show I'm going to attend. And you're going to face somebody I'm a big fan of, Timothy Thatcher. Now, this is going to be a really great Styles match. Like, what are your thoughts on that uh, upcoming?
2: Very excited for it, obviously. You know, Progress is a wonderful place for me to, to debut. It all came together very quickly. Um, and it was, you know, an awesome opportunity with, with Pete. He's obviously one of the best in the world at a very young age. Uh, Tim Tim Thatcher, you know, for the New York debut of Progress, that's obviously going to be an incredibly special show. Uh, I don't know how big the venue is, but I'm, I I know it's sold out, and I know the crowd's going to be super hot. Uh, and Tim is a guy that I've wanted to wrestle for a very long time as well. He's uh, I just recently tweeted out a, a list of, of guys that I've always kept in my phone sort of privately that I just kind of keep for promoters because I had a lot of promoters ask me like who I wanted to wrestle. So I was just comprising a list. Every time I saw a match that I loved or a guy whose style that I enjoyed or that I thought I could compliment, I'd, I'd add him to this list. And Tim's been on there forever. I think since the first incarnation of the list uh, that I made in my phone, he's been on there. So, so I've wanted to wrestle him forever. And now I finally get the opportunity in a, in a company that we're, we're both very familiar with so uh so i'm really excited for it i think it'll be a wonderful contrast of styles um and i i I think i think it's going to be something for something special for both uh he and i and the the fans in attendance
0: yeah man awesome can't wait to see that one live
2: speaking of that list
1: was uh naomichi marifuji on that list because you just worked him at glory pro wrestling was that uh
2: last week two weeks ago uh, maybe three weeks ago. Maybe three yeah,
1: weeks
2: Marif- ago, okay. Fuji wasn't on the list, but I it, I would say that the reason he probably wasn't was because I didn't think it was a realistic possibility. <laughs> I tr- gotcha. I tried to base the the list based on you know things that were actually tangible. You know, there's a lot of new Japan guys on there, and uh, you know I work for Ring of Honor and Revolution Pro Wrestling, so you know a match with Okada, for example, wasn't out of the realm of possibility. Or, uh, you know, Kenny Omega, something like that. So uh, so I, I, I tried to keep the, the list as, as realistic as, as possible. Right. Um, you know, that, that's, I, I, I wouldn't bother including, like, WWE guys on the list or, or anything like that. But um, there, there's some Japanese guys that only work for their company in Japan, And you know, for example. So, so I, I wouldn't include a, a lot of those guys. But I, I tried to, to do everything as, as realistic as possible. And uh, when Mike when Michael Elgin approached me about the match, I, obviously I was incredibly honored for it. I, I had the the great opportunity of being able to uh, be trained for a week by Mara Fuji back in 2015, uh, I believe, uh, at Harley Race's camp in uh, Missouri for his WLW promotion. Uh, so I was. Familiar with Marafuji, very excited to see him again, and, and he was excited for the, the match as well, and it ended up being a, a fantastic match for everybody in attendance, and I know people have been watching it and giving it a lot of... Um,
1: then I see it, 2015, this is what had, you know, really, I guess, uh, put your name on the map in, um, I would say, the eyes of many, you could say, uh, 2015 Top Prospect Tournament, um, defeating Will Ferreira in, in the finals there. Do uh, you have any memories of that match?
2: Oh yeah, I mean, it obviously, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, right, you know, right, right, right. <laughs> Had the the great fortune of being able to wrestle Will a bunch of times since then. I mean, he's always a class act and a, and a wonderful opponent of mine. Um, you know, that tournament was was obviously a, a a very big deal for me. It was the first time I got any sort of uh, national attention. Uh, that the matches you know air on television, obviously, which is huge for me. Um, and my opponents between. Uh, Jake Dirt, and Ashley Six, and then Wolf Rara in the in the finals. You know, I, I was very fortunate. Uh, they were all you know really great to work with. Um, and ultimately, at, at at the end of it, I was I was very fortunate to to earn a contract with Ring of Honor after after the matches. But the, the finals specifically was was definitely the 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 match that that sealed the deal for me and, and you know made me a a real player in the in the world of professional wrestling
1: yeah right on man um during this time at ring of honor you also worked uh death before dishonor eight uh watanabe who is now evil uh in new japan um what are some of your thoughts on working with him
2: it was it was awesome i mean that was my that was my first uh experience working with uh with anybody whose primary language wasn't english right Uh, that's a that's an interesting and unique experience but but something that's very helpful because especially as you continue to progress and move up in the in the business you you, you find that you're working with with more and more guys who, who don't speak English so you you have to learn the language of professional wrestling which is which is uh, you know it's we, we all use it but it's uh, it's it's an interesting dynamic to have to tread but, um, but yeah the match was, was great it's one of my most viewed matches on uh on youtube uh it's, i think it's the first one maybe that pops up when you type in donovan Dijack on youtube so so even though it's uh it's a little bit uh i guess out of date by now i, th- I think i've made a lot of strides and progress uh, since since that match but uh but it's a it's a it's a great match he's obviously a great wrestler he's made you know unbelievable strides since that match uh i think we both have to be honest so it's 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 certainly neither of our best work, but uh, but it's definitely a, a, a great match. We both had a great time, and uh, and uh, you know it's 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 worth watching and checking out on YouTube for free anyway. Right on, yeah. I'll
1: be sure to uh, to uh, post that match on our uh, Facebook and, and Twitter site, copy you in and all that. Um, but yeah, I've seen it. It is it is, in my opinion, I thought it was a it was a really good match. And you're right to see it now. And to see how both of you guys have progressed so far in such a short amount of time, it just uh, speaks speaks wonders of, uh, of of both you guys of, as as athletes. Um, yeah. Also, uh, let's see. Kind of like I said, kind of jumping around, man. Just just kind of based off of uh, some of these things I have listed out here. Long time ago, man, I heard uh, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin say that like you can see in a man's eyes when they cut a promo, uh, when they either when they feel it or when they're just full of shit, you know, basically, and just, just cutting a promo, just to cut a promo. You cut a promo prior to your final match at Ring of Honor, and uh, it was a TV title match for Smarty Squirrel, and your promo was very, like, heartfelt, and it, it was one of those that, you know, really blurred the lines of reality and work given that, you know, what's your final match under contract. Tell us about that because that was, that was definitely one of those promos where it's you look in your eyes, you could tell that it wasn't just you know cutting a promo, so or you just sold it fucking great, man. <laughs> so
2: tell us about yeah, that promo. I try, to, I try to do everything in professional wrestling um, based in reality. You know, it's it, professional wrestling in its own right is its own separate sort of reality, but um, I find that the most genuine things in in uh, in in professional wrestling tend to derive uh, from things based in your, your real life. So I do my best whenever I'm cutting a promo, whenever I'm wrestling a match, whenever I'm doing pretty much anything in pro wrestling to make it as close to being, uh, genuine as possible. Um, I I don't remember exactly what was, was said in that promo, but I know it was based off of a lot of the, the feelings that I had, a lot of the sentiment that I had at the time. Um, so you 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 do your best to, to blur the to blur the lines and make what you're saying you know your own personal reality even if it's not 100% true you 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 do your best to to convince yourself of of it being true so to me that that always comes across and reflects and i try my best to to make it come across and reflect in my promos um, w- one of my least favorite things is when guys are cutting promos and they do what i call promo voice which is just kind of this like uh, over the top sort of uh, it, it, it it's it's a di- it, it, it it it's obvious that they're using a different voice than what they would normally speak to someone in <laughs> right uh, right i think we all know what you're talking about <laughs> right we've but all the, heard that to me there's there's a a a, a distinct difference between That and and speaking with actual passion, because you can tell in someone's voice, even if they're raising their voice or screaming or being funny or or whatever it happens to be, you can tell when when someone's uh, acting and when they're, uh, you know, basically reacting to to, you know, what they're feeling. So so to me, I always try to make that translate into my promos and and I hope that it, it, it comes across in a lot of them but not just my promos, but in my, my wrestling as well.
1: Right. Right. Well, I think it does. I definitely think it does. Um, one, uh, one series, one set of series of if that even made sense. Series of matches that, uh, you have had that stands out to me personally is, uh, some of your matches with, uh, Keith Lee. Um, you know, 15 years ago, if you would have said two guys that are, you know, six, five, six, six, you being six, seven, 270 pounds, uh, you're going to think they're just going to go in and just going to be a slugfest. But then you guys have matches where you guys are flying around like fucking cruiserweights, man. And it's so impressive. Um, I don't know, just drop a little... Uh, tell us, tell us uh, some stories about working with, uh, with, with
2: Keith Lee. So, the first time uh, Keith and I met... Uh, well, not met. We, we'd met a few times at, at ROH. but The first time we were working singles together was at Beyond, Beyond Wrestling, uh, which is a a local company here, but very popular. Um, So I was informed that it would be... uh, I was actually in in Europe somewhere when when Drew Cordero, the promoter of Beyond, told me that it would be me and Keith Lee. Um, And originally, I started to to kind of... uh, I wasn't super familiar with Keith. I had only uh, I'd only known of him and the, the 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 tag team at ROH and they were mostly getting like ROH darks and multimans and stuff like that. So I wasn't super familiar with, with his work. Um so I, I remember uh, Big Damo was on that card as well. I, I think the show was called Gigantic and he was trying to feature as many big guys as possible. Right. Um yeah. so originally when Drew messaged me, I, I started to lobby for me and and Damo. But then the more I thought about it, the more I wanted... Because I had already wrestled Damo in, in, uh, in England, and it was a great match, and he's, he's a, a good friend of mine, and obviously he's having a great deal of success in NXT. But, uh, but Keith um, seemed like a new opportunity, and I, you know, I wasn't exactly sure what he could do, but I, I thought I, you know, I welcomed the challenge of, of, uh, of trying something new with him. So when we got to the venue we started to, uh, you know, call the match. And once he started telling me some of the things that he was capable of doing, I was just kind of taken aback, you know, <laughs> in the middle of calling the match because I couldn't believe some of the stuff he was saying. And then obviously we went out there and it, it, it delivered, you know, more than I think either of us expected. And then ever since then, that was our first matchup and we've had uh eight matchups now. And it, it seems like every time we wrestle, it gets better and better. Uh, my my personal favorite match uh between he and i uh was just released on on a uh video on demand service uh, the AAW match uh, i think you can catch it on there on demand service as well as the high spots network um and i just watched it for the first time last night and, and i was you know it, it blew me away uh the same way that it did that night in the ring you know it's 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 definitely in my personal opinion, the, our, our best match of, of the series. Um, was it, that it,
1: at uh, Evolve 81?
2: No, no, that was at AAW. In, in, oh, uh, A- okay. In Illinois. Oh, okay. So, uh, so yeah, Evolve 81 is, is definitely the our most watched match because okay. uh, so many people were watching Flow Slam that weekend, the WrestleMania weekend. It got so much praise for being the the you know, one of the best matches of WrestleMania weekend. But in my opinion, uh, the the A.W. match was we, we really pulled out all the stops. And if anyone has the, the opportunity to watch that match, I, I highly suggest doing so.
1: Right on. Yeah, actually, that uh, the one you were just mentioning about the uh, the one from Flow Slam did get uh, voted the uh, best uh, singles match, I believe, uh, for the uh, I think they did a hashtag more than mania. And uh, you and Keith Lee yep. won that one. It's overwhelming. So, uh, dude, all right. Quick question: What sucks more, uh, a, uh, a Keith Lee moonsault or a power bomb on the apron on the outside? Because those outside, like apron spots, those always they make me cringe, man.
2: <laughs> yeah, the the power bomb by a lot, actually. Uh, <laughs> the uh, the power bomb on the apron or on the chairs or wherever he's powerbomb me onto a million times. Uh, <laughs> when it happens, it's not like the most painful thing in the world, but you definitely feel it like the next day. And for the coming days, you know, you, you get sore, Your back gets sore and sore as the days progress. The, the moonsault actually is, is because, um, I think the first time we did that was, uh, our, our second matchup at Northeast wrestling in Connecticut. Um, because he misses the moon salt so so often, that I I thought to myself, you know, it'd be it'd be great if he hit it for once. Uh, so he he did, and it ended up being you know pretty pretty light, all things considered. Right, nice. I, well, I thought that was a great spot. You know, it got it gets a huge reaction when he hits because so many people expect him to miss it. So so we've but we've done that in a bunch of matches since, and it always gets a pretty good reaction, um, and it it's never hurt me or anything. So. So we, we uh, continue to use that.
1: That's cool, man. Um, speaking of big moves, um, you have one of the most innovative finishers. Um, I've never seen anyone else do it. It's basically, a, a, for those who, who haven't seen it, basically it's a, um, like a backbreaker torture rack into kind of a go-to-sleep type deal. Call it Feast Your Eyes. Where would you come up with this move?
2: Yeah, I created the move uh, in late 2014. Um, it started off in class, uh, just kind of like after class. Once uh, I was I was staying after, and uh, another guy in the New England scene. His name is Christian Casanova. Was there with me. He's a you know, he's a lighter guy, so he's easy to kind of pick up and manipulate. So uh, I was just kind of picking him up in different situations i I tried picking him up in kind of a reverse body slam if that makes sense so he was facing up on my shoulder yeah and then i kind of rotated him forward off the shoulder into the knee strike um so that and obviously the move is influenced by the the gts which is a great move Uh, but a lot of my moves are just kind of great moves that are just kind of mushed together with another great move um, like I, I, do Nick Gage's choke slam backbreaker, uh, which Ricky Shane Page does as well. Um, I do, uh, a discus big boot, which is similar to kind of the, the, the cyclone kill that Chris Hero does. Right, um, right. But, but yeah, a lot of my moves are just, you know, a bunch of moves smushed together. So, so this one's no different. Uh, so yeah, you can see that version of it that I just described on, uh, CZW's night of infamy where I wrestled Alexander James. My um, one and only CCW appearance in kind of a quick match. Um, but uh, I, I quickly adjusted it thereafter. I think I used it in that version one more time in a Beyond Wrestling studio taping against Mikey Webb. Uh, and then after that, I changed it to the uh, to the torture rack sort of position. The first time I used that was in the first round of the Top Prospect tournament. And then maybe a month or two later is when I I shifted it from the using the, the left knee for the knee strike into the right knee because I felt like it was a better visual uh, with my legs coming all the way across my body uh, and that's, that's the version I've been using ever since.
1: Nice man, it gets people talking, it's one of those moves that like you know, you're really the only person that's, that you, you made it up so it's, you know, anytime you see it, it's so hard man to to I, I would guess, just as a fan you know, watching um, to try to do something innovative nowadays when it seems like everyone has seen everything. So what you said, like mushing moves together, I guess that brings out, you know, the originality in, in a move like the feast your eyes Um, going back real quick to uh, your one and only appearance in CZW. Was that uh, always scheduled to be just a one shot or were you, um, was it just kind of a one and done deal? You were going to test the waters or what was up with that?
2: Well, it started off, um, it's just kind of a one and done. I, I had wrestled uh, uh, DJ Hyde, the owner of CZW. I had wrestled him at um, XWA maybe two or three months before that. So I, I, I hit him up. I, you know, I offered to, to drive down and, and help out with Ring Crew and things like that. And he said that he might have a spot available for me. And it, it turns out that he did. So, so I had the opportunity. It was on iPay-Per-View, so it was good exposure for me. Um, but that was in like November of 2014 and I was notified about the, the top prospect tournament of ring of honor in December and it took place in January. So there wasn't much time. CCW only runs once a month, so I probably couldn't match dates in in December. And then, and then by the time January rolled around, I was in the top prospect tournament. And then once the top prospect tournament was done, I was offered a, a ring of honor deal. So, uh, so the Ring of Honor deals don't allow you to do eye pay-per-view, so unfortunately, CCW wasn't really an option. Even though you know it, it, it sort of was, I just I never really asked <laughs> because I didn't want to like cause any controversy or anything like that. So I never asked, but it it, it turns out that they were kind of okay with guys doing CCW, even though the contract sort of said that you couldn't. Okay. Uh, but 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 either way, it was it was always difficult to match dates with CCW. They were on Saturdays, and my a lot of my Saturdays were always taken up between, uh, Northeast wrestling and ring of honor. So, uh, <clears throat> so we, we were never able to match dates. Um, recently, you know, I was contacted by CZW to see if I wanted to, to do any more with them. But, but again, it's, it's just so tough to match dates that we never really were able to, to make it work until, uh, you know, time kind of ran out on us, unfortunately.
1: Right on, man. Josh, um, I, th- I think you had a couple things lined up, buddy.
0: Yeah. Um, You've been a part of some really cool tournaments these past couple of years, uh, sixteen Carat in uh, Germany, uh, top prospect, and now you're gonna be in probably what is known as the biggest one on the indie scene, the uh, Battle of Los Angeles. Like, how? Like, are you excited for that? Like, this is a pretty big thing. Like, uh, what are you? What are your thoughts going into this?
2: Yeah, I'm. I'm obviously really excited for to be uh, in the Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, you know, debuting for PWG is has been a a big goal of mine I you know I for a while there I didn't think it was uh, a a realistic possibility uh, with the the timing and everything but you know fortunately it's 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 worked out for me I'm I'm gonna be making my debut in that tournament so obviously really exciting you know I I get a uh, my first match for PWG is gonna be a tag match Myself and, and Keith Lee versus the, the chosen bros Matt Riddle and, and uh, Keith uh, excuse me Jeff Cobb. So holy shit! So, yeah. <laughs> oh
1: but, man, that's gonna those,
2: be fucking outstanding. Yeah, with, with some of my my uh, some of my favorite guys in, in all of professional wrestling. So so we're obviously all really excited about that, and, and uh, you know it's it's a it's a wonderful way to debut. And then I have the, the tournament starting the next day. Uh, with Trevor Lee in the first round, who's a guy I've wanted to wrestle for a very long time. So so the, the 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 debut is gonna be awesome. The the tournament's gonna be awesome and I'm very much looking forward to meeting a lot of the fans who've who've been uh, trying to get me on the P W G shows for a very long time.
0: Yeah, I know I was uh, there uh, recently and they talked about hopefully you being on the um the tournament. Uh, it's a great experience. I'm looking forward to seeing your match uh, when it comes out on Blu-ray like three years from now. Um, also, you, uh, you, uh, you, you're going to be, uh, for another promotion, you wrestled progress. You had a good match with their, uh, I shouldn't say good match. You had a really stiff, hard hitting match with Pete Dunne and it was great. And, um, you're going to be coming back for them, uh, in August. That's a show I'm going to attend. And you're going to face somebody. I'm a big fan of Timothy Thatcher. Now this is going to be a really great styles match. Like, what are your thoughts on that, uh, upcoming
2: very excited for it. Obviously, you know, Progress is a wonderful place for me to to debut. It all came together very quickly, um, and it was you know an awesome opportunity with with P. He's Obviously, one of the best in the world at a very young age. Uh, Tim Tim Thatcher, you know, for the New York debut of Progress, that's obviously going to be an incredibly special show. Uh, I don't know how big the venue is, but I'm, i I know it's sold out, and I know the crowd's going to be super hot uh and tim is a guy that i've wanted to wrestle for a very long time as well he's uh i just recently tweeted out a a a list of of guys that i've always kept in my phone sort of privately that i just kind of keep for promoters because i had a lot of promoters ask me like who i wanted to wrestle so i was just comprising a list every time i saw a match that i loved or a guy whose style that i enjoyed or that i thought i could compliment I'd, i'd add him to this list and tim's been on there forever i think since the first incarnation of the list uh, that I made in my phone, he's been on there. So, so I've wanted to wrestle him forever, and now we finally get the opportunity in a in a company that we're we're both very familiar with. So, uh, so I'm really excited for it. I think it'll be a wonderful contrast of styles, um, and I, I I think I think it's going to be something for something special for both uh, he and I and the the fans in attendance. Yeah,
0: man, awesome! Can't wait to see that one live.
2: Speaking of that list,
1: was uh Naomichi Marifuji on that list because you just worked him at Glory Pro Wrestling?
2: Was that uh last week, 2 weeks ago? Uh maybe 3 weeks maybe ago? 3 yeah, weeks Marifu- ago, okay. Marafuji wasn't on the list, but I it, I would say that the reason he probably wasn't was because I didn't think it was a realistic possibility. <laughs> I I tr- gotcha. I tried to base the the list based on, you know, things that are more actually tangible. You know, there's a lot of new japan guys on there and uh, you know i worked for ring of honor and revolution pro wrestling so you know a match with okada for example wasn't out of the realm of possibility or uh you know kenny omega something like that so uh so i i tried to keep the the list as, as realistic as, as possible right. um you know that that's I, I i wouldn't bother including like wwe guys on the list or or anything like that but um there, there's some Japanese guys that only work for their company in Japan, and, you know, for example. So, so I, I wouldn't include a, a lot of those guys, but I, I tried to, to do everything as, as realistic as possible. And uh, when, Mike, when Michael Elgin approached me about the match, I, obviously I was incredibly honored for it. I, I had the, the great opportunity of being able to uh, be trained for a week by Marafuji back in 2015, uh, I believe. Uh, at Harley Race's camp in uh, Missouri for his WLW promotion. Uh, so I was familiar with Mirafuji, very excited to see him again, and, and he was excited for the, the match as well, and it ended up being a, a fantastic match for everybody in attendance, and I know people have been watching it and giving it a lot of high praise on demand as well. So so if anyone has the opportunity, they can certainly check that one out.
1: Hang right on, man. I um, had a question from, uh, actually, uh, the the host of the show Brian who he was at the uh, the uh, Glory Pro Show, um, mm-hmm. he he wants to know this dude's a uh, he's a big mo- movie and TV guy. He wants to know when uh, when you're home chilling with the wife, what is your all's choice of uh, shows to watch on Netflix?
2: <laughs> well it's a good question. Uh, we've we loved uh, Stranger Things very much. Looking forward to Stranger Things two coming out. Right. Um. Oh, uh, we did uh, all of Breaking Bad together, which took forever. She's mentioning to me right now. <laughs> there you uh, go. There you go. What else did go. we watch on Netflix? Oh, the uh, the um, this is going to sound mean, but the one about the girl who killed herself. I can't remember what. Oh, her.
1: like the thirteen.
0: 13
2: That's why.
1: Yes, yeah, I haven't seen yeah. that yet, but.
0: Hey, man, since you spoke about Breaking Bad, let me give you guys a quick suggestion. I just finished binge-watching it today. Uh, Ozark, that oh. is... Yeah, Ozark, that's pretty much Breaking Bad on crack, man. you got to <laughs> watch it like how,
2: how many seasons is it my wife it's, wants to know? It's
0: just one season so far, 10 episodes. I started it... Really, today I, I started it because I've been up since like 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. Uh, i <laughs> I finished it today. Like, oh. if you, I pretty much tell everyone on who's listening to me, like, Breaking Bad on crack, this is it. Like, this is just a great show. You guys will love it if you like Breaking Bad.
1: Sure. Damn. I've been seeing that on, like, when you first started up Netflix. I've been seeing that Ozark deal, and I just I haven't. I, I, I've just started seeing that this week, though, so that's good looking out. Uh, Donovan, you guys watch uh, uh, Better Call Saul, you, the, the spinoff to Breaking Bad?
2: oh uh, we haven't yet but i've I've heard really great things about it
1: dude. it's actually really cool man i was on the fence like really saul saul goodman gonna have his own show but dude it's really really good like the first episode of season yeah. one it's kind of slow but it gets dude it just builds up and it's you know all written by the same guy and all that it's it's solid so yeah.
2: I, my wife very politely mentioned that it's very difficult for me to be able to commit to a a television program because I just have so little time that it's, you know, it's almost impossible for me to binge watch anything. You know, it, it seems like when we were watching Breaking Bad, it was maybe one episode of every other week, something like that. So, right, right. So it's, it's it's kind of painful for her to watch series with me because she has to wait. <laughs> for me to but, uh, but we, we'll, we'll, we'll take those things into consideration. I, I'm go- uh, we like Stranger Things so much that I'm going to make time for Stranger Things. <laughs> there you go, man. Well, that's a good
1: woman that you have if she's going to wait to watch Breaking Bad because that was my favorite show of all time. And I would sit there and watch like three, four episodes in a, in a row. And I'd be like, oh, man, I have to watch another one. And like just I'd have to go to bed, though. So for her to wait like a week and a half, two weeks for, you know, to watch the next episode, that's, uh, that's a hell of a woman you got there. Uh, speaking of which, I've heard in a, in an interview you did recently that she is um, on your Twitter account. It's uh, very well organized with your dates, your merch, you know, all kinds of things of that sort. And you give her credit for that, uh, lining everything up and uh, keeping all your all your uh, ducks in a row. Um, any advice for uh, for people listening who is, who are independent wrestlers? Um, how do you keep your shit so well organized, man? Just the combination between you and you and the wife,
2: yeah, she uh, she keeps a lot of my like merch stuff organized. Um, everyone always compliments my merch bag for for being so well organized, and that's a hundred percent her. As soon as my shirts come in, she uh, she organizes them, folds them, puts them in uh, different bags, kind of color coded bags, and they're very easy for me to locate and find. So I'm very thankful for that. In terms of the the um the the social media stuff, I've always you know tried to to keep it as professional looking as possible um, because to me that that's sort of uh, I don't know whether it's like an OCD thing or, or whatever it is, but I just I, I've always liked the 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 the, the look of uh, you know proper capitalization and punctuation and grammar and uh, things looking professional because that's the way that that uh you know professional companies do things you know that everything's everything's organized the right color scheme the right place the right spot so i try to keep my social media as uh as organized and professional as possible um you know i try if i'm going to tweet out to make sure that everything's properly spelled with punctuation and grammar. i'm not perfect but but for the most part it's 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 pretty good and i i, I think that a lot of people uh uh I don't know if they respect that, but it's definitely easier on on the eyes, if nothing else. Right. For, it's very easy to follow. It's yeah. So hopefully, hopefully, it sort of a, a, attracts people to, to you know what I'm presenting as a, as a, as the brand that is Donovan Jack.
1: Right, right, right. I uh, I run a, uh, a t-shirt and of t-shirt company called Headlock Gear, and um, I don't I don't talk about a, a lot of other brands, you know, obviously, um, but. Um, legit fit uh they have some very impressive shirts and uh they have your uh your farewell uh tour shirt um that's still that's still for sale can uh you tell us a little bit about your uh you you mentioned your merch a minute ago uh tell us a little bit about uh how how our listeners can go on and and purchase your merch
2: yeah so the the t-shirt uh itself the the farewell feast t-shirt um the design has been you know a big hit uh that's obviously done by Jamie at legit fit designs he's done a lot of my recent design work uh and gear work to be honest uh so we decided to put that shirt up exclusively on on his website le- legitfitdesigns.com um it's doing very well there um the 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 t-shirt itself uh the, the the design, excuse me, the design itself is, is being printed on t-shirts that, uh, should be arriving, uh, tomorrow. I believe it at, 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 my place. Uh, so I'll have those all organized and then they'll, I got, I got quite a few of them. So, so I should have them at a lot of upcoming shows, but we'll, we'll see how they do over this weekend and I'll kind of adjust accordingly. Um, but yeah, I'll have them on all my upcoming shows hopefully. And if you're not on one of those upcoming shows or if I happen to sell out of your size or if you just want it, uh, you know, beforehand, you can get that design exclusively at legitfitdesigns.com. Uh, just follow the, the links to, to, to finding it or click on the store button, whichever is easier for you. Um, but all my other t-shirts are available at prowrestlingtees.com slash Donovan um, So that's where you can get all my merch currently because my website is uh, no longer in existence.
1: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So uh, the title of the shirt fa- says, Farewell. Uh, can we dive into this a little bit? Uh, there's a lot of rumors, innuendo on um, on um, some of your last dates and where you will be appearing next. Um, care to uh, to share any information with uh,
2: the listeners of the Back Row Hecklers? The uh, the the only information that I that I have is uh, that uh, you know the the announced you know final final dates that I have. Um, which are, uh, I have, uh, Northeast Wrestling this weekend, which isn't my final date with Northeast Wrestling, but I have it this Friday in Bristol, Connecticut, and then this Sunday with, uh, with Beyond Wrestling. And then after that are the three announced dates that I, that I, uh, that I, uh, did on social media, which is, uh, Chaotic Wrestling in Danvers on August 4th, uh, Lucky Pro Wrestling on August 5th, uh, and, uh, uh, Northeast Wrestling, my final date in Bethany, Connecticut, on August sixth. After that, I have announced uh, the the Progress One that we talked about on August twelfth, uh, I think.
0: Yes, twelve.
2: Uh, which is in New York, and then the the PWG, excuse me, PWG dates uh, for Bola, which is September first, second, and third, I believe. Um, after that, I you know I, I have a lot of you know promising things on the horizon. Nothing nothing quite yet set in stone. Uh so it's nothing that I can really commit to uh verbally yet. Right. But it's it's definitely a lot of exciting stuff and I'm I'm very much looking forward to it. So hopefully uh
1: this winter you uh will be in a nice warmer climate rather than a uh, chilly um uh Massachusetts, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah.
2: In, <laughs> in the winter, yeah. So right now it's uh <laughs> It's, it's nice in Massachusetts, and it's, right, it's right, pretty right. miserable and muggy the, the further south down you go. So,
1: <laughs> Gotcha, gotcha. Hey, um, you've given us, you know, I expected to talk to you for, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes. Man, you've given us almost an hour, dude. Uh, I want to uh, first thank you again for your time. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Um, we are known as the Back Row Hecklers, and so uh, when wrapping up a lot of our interviews, we like to ask... Do you have any fu- funny um, heckler stories that, um, whether you were in the ring, someone tried? To, I mean, dude, you're six seven, two seventy. I don't know who's going to be heckling you, but when beer and wrestling mix, uh, you might have some fans that that may talk a lot of trash. You know, you you never know whether it's in the ring, whether it's out of the ring, whether it's on your way to the car. Do you have any funny heckler stories that uh, that you care to share with
2: our listeners? Um. There isn't much that jumps to mind. I, I was on a show last week with a uh, with a dude who didn't seem to be a fan of mine. So before the match even started, I just got out of the ring and went into the crowd and knocked his head off. Um, <laughs> that's, that's typically how I react to anyone who's like really standing out as a as a heckler. You know, I, I I'm not gonna get into any sort of like physical or verbal altercation with anyone because that seems kind of fruitless but uh sure but usually i'll go over and give them some extra attention so because i you know i like fan interaction whether it's it's negative or positive and and for the most part when i have that interaction all the all the fans seem to enjoy it so so that's that's kind of how i try to approach those situations if anyone wants to see that particular situation you can find it is from northeast wrestling so you can find it on the northeast wrestling pivot share or the high spots network uh, it was my second match against Jack Swagger, so I don't remember for the life of me what the show was called, but it was in Connecticut somewhere, and it's I've only had two matches with Jack Swagger, so this was the one that wasn't in New York. It was in Connecticut.
1: <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. Man, I was just about to wrap this up, but um, I want to get back real quick to that list you were mentioning. Uh, could you share any other names that, uh, you had on that list that either you did have a chance to work with, or maybe that you haven't yet had a chance to work with that, you know, maybe in the future you will. Can you repeat the first part of the question? It kind of cut out. Oh yeah. Sorry about that. Okay. So you mentioned the list. Um, are there any names on there? Would you care to share them of either certain individuals that you have on that list that you have had a chance to work with that you were able to check off? And are there anyone that you, is there anyone on that list that you haven't yet had a chance to work with that maybe in the future you might be working with them?
2: Um, the one I know for sure that I am working with is Timothy Thatcher. Uh, I'm on shows with, uh, uh, Ricochet from that list. Um, I think Walter is going to be on a few shows with me. Nice. Uh, most of these are PWG, uh, so we'll we'll see how that weekend works out. All right, all right. Uh, who, else, who else is on there? I think Omega's at PWG. Um, guys who were on the list—it's—it's it's hard to remember because I've been very fortunate to be able to check off a lot of them. I know Marty Scurll was on there for a long time. Um, God, who else have I been able to? Look? Oh, Tommy End was on there for a long time. All right. Uh, Uh, yeah i I, it's lengthy i I can't remember i have i have a bad bad long-term memory but and a great short-term memory but i i can't remember for the life of me who was who was on the list because you know i unfortunately when they uh either you know go to wwe or Retire from wrestling in some cases, or uh, or I wrestle them. They they just I just delete them off the list because the list was more so for myself than anything else. So I so it wasn't like kind of a, a thing that anybody kept track on. Right, right,
1: but, right. Just a mental list. I was I didn't assume yeah. like you had like a big scroll that just like rolled down like when you <laughs> you know <laughs> one of those type deals, but. All right, my man. I, I greatly appreciate your time. I want to you know, just thank you. Uh, you know, thank you for myself. Thank you uh, for uh, my buddy Josh on the line here. Um, real quick, Donovan, you want to uh, plug any social media? You plugged your merch? Feel free to do that again. Any upcoming dates? I know we've talked about those. Uh, any last plugs you would like to give before uh, hopping off?
2: Sure. Everything is uh, Donovan Dijak. It's D-O-N-O-V-A-N-D-I-J-A-K. Twitter's at Donovan Dijak. Facebook.com slash Donovan Dijak. Instagram is Donovan Dijak 44. I already mentioned the pro wrestling tees.com slash Donovan Dijak. Uh, You can get that brand new shirt at legitfitdesigns.com. That's a great one. It's selling very fast. Be sure to look out for it on my final dates coming up. Um... And also keep a lookout for a uh, more important than all of those, keep a lookout for uh, a a new uh, charity fundraiser that's going to be announced probably tomorrow at some point, uh, which is very uh, near and dear to my heart. I've done a lot of charity work, a lot of online charity fundraisers in the past, uh, and I, I kind of been slacking recently and not doing as many of them as I probably should. But I've been very busy but this one is uh is is uh, very important to me it's uh, for a close friend of mine so if people could uh keep an eye out for that it'll be all over my social media um if you're interested in any of those up uh, those dates that I mentioned before they're they're pinned to the top of my Twitter profile but this this uh this fundraiser will also be all over my Twitter profile my Facebook pages and uh, and the likes so uh so keep an eye out for that. If you have uh, some some spare change lying around, any any amount donated uh, would be very helpful uh, to our cause. So so please keep that in the vacuum mind if possible.
1: Absolutely, man. Absolutely, we'll be sure to uh, go on there, uh, retweet it, share it with uh, with everyone. You know, all our followers as well. Uh, again, I want to thank you for your time. Um, it was it was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, best of luck. You have the brightest future. Um, I can see for anyone. I mean, it's it's no uh, no question why you were called. You know, the the hottest hottest uh, free agent uh, going around. And so uh, I see nothing but uh, for bright things for your future, man. Uh, again, I thank you for your time, and um, yeah, super appreciate it, dude.
2: Awesome. Thanks, guys, for having me. I appreciate it.
1: All right, be good, man. And uh, for everyone else, we'll see you guys in the back row.